podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. David! Gagan! How you doing, buddy? Long I'm time. Good. Long I'm time. Good. Been what, since the World Cup? Did we did we talk Christmas? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. No, I think we had planned to and then stuff got in the way and we've been busy with games and whatever else, so Absolutely. It's been a it's been a mad couple of months really. I've I've have tried to you know, whilst it's been shit, it gets me down a bit, so I do try and stay away from the, the, the noise if I can. It's been uh, since the World Cup's been a bit depressing, hasn't it? I mean the last couple of games we've got the results but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, even though they, you know, even, I mean, Everton's Everton, but even though we won, I didn't think, I didn't think it was the best performance. No, and, we weren't uh, good against Newcastle. No, like, let's let's no. not fool ourselves and pretend we were. We we should have been one nil down. Uh, Almiron should have scored. Then we managed to get two quick goals, which was which was massive. Yeah. And then they got the red card, and those three events stop them building up ahead of steam. But the 70 minutes after the red card in which they're the better team and they create three great chances, one for Isaac, one for Dan Byrne, who hits the crossbar, and one for Wilson. Now, we obviously had some chances as well, but yeah. we, 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 had no, we had no control in the game. Our midfield was a little bit overrun. Um, I thought, you know, there was a lot of praise given to the the midfield uh, after the Everton game. And I thought it was warranted for for uh, Basetic to an extent. I thought it was his best performance. Um, but, you know, you still look at the fact that he made nine challenges or 12 challenges in the game and only won four of them. And that's a little bit of a concern. But the fact that he's made 12 is very impressive. Um, Henderson and Fabinho were okay in that game. But given how bad they'd both been, I thought both of those performances got slightly, well, massively overhyped in one case and slightly overhyped in the other. And then against Newcastle, again, I thought Bastic was pretty good uh, in this new kind of left-sided role that he's he's playing now. I thought Fab, again, was okay. But Henderson had a poor game. And he goes off on, what, 55? And Milner comes on. And the midfield continues to struggle. So, you know, it, it just, I don't know, it's something Klopp's going to have to sort out. And we know that the summer is, is you know, midfield focused and Jude Bellingham in particular focused. But this is going to be a much bigger test now tomorrow night for, for if it's the same three, and I assume it will be the same three. Real possess 
completely different level of players than Everton, who are utter, utter garbage, and Newcastle, who are yeah. having a really good season, but remember, we're missing their best midfielder and still outplayed us in midfield. Yeah, that's what worried me the most was that, you know, they went down to 10 and they were still able to easily create chances. Now, you know, same maximum was just running at us and, uh, you know, Real Madrid a player like that as well who can do that. And so at the end of the day, that's the, that's the worry. When someone runs at us, we just look so poor. We don't look, um, we don't look confident at all. And so that's, and, and also against, against 10, you'd think we'd have a bit more shape or at least cover, but we just were getting caught every time. It was just like, I don't think we've learned. That's all. So whilst the result, absolutely fantastic and, you know, brilliant finishing up top. Excellent. Really good. Mm. Uh, really, it's really nice to see that we started to click up top as well. Gap, Gakpo is really, you know, coming into it, uh, linking up. I think when he drops down, drops in and allows space for everyone, it's great and adds something else in the middle. But then also Nunes finishing and um, and Mo finishing in the last game, and then obviously in this one creating. That's that's really good to see that those things are turning around. And, and actually, the more confidence they get the more confident I feel that at least we could probably win some ding-dong games, you know, as in basketball. Because before, what was happening was we weren't, we just weren't finishing anything at all that came our way and we were creating so little. Now, obviously, we've started to create a little bit more, but, you know, that was against these. I mean, actually, 11 v 11, we created two very good chances, right? So that's that's the main thing. I think, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's the positive to take from the Saturday game is that creativity when it was level pegging. Um, and, and that's what we want to try and do. Cause I think they're missing some midfielders, right? Is what I read in discord from you guys from the rail are missing too many, uh, which is a shame because it would have been nice to get a look at him considering how close we came to signing him. And Tony Cruz is sick. Um, so they still have a great midfield. They're still going right? to have a great midfield. They're still going to have Modric. They're still going to have Kamavinga. And they could have Valverde in there, who's incredible. If they play Ceballos, he's the weak link there. Yeah, I like, I'd like him to play because we used to do him over with Arsenal. Yeah, so. that's the thing. and He's a bit of a passenger. But the problem is, when he was at Arsenal, Jordan Henderson could run. So Henderson would run over him. But now it might be a little bit more favourable for Ceballos because Henderson doesn't have his legs anymore. Yeah, I would have felt more comfortable with um, Badge, Fab, and Thiago. Would have felt more comfortable, but uh, he's just not going to start Naby. And like through no fun, no fault of Naby's as well, because that three nil to Wolves wasn't Naby's fault. The start of that game just was horrific from from the defence. You know, just you know we were getting caught on stupid things. So the first goal was was just dodge, and then, you know since then he's not he's not getting picked. So it's just weird how we we're operating and you know decisions that are being made and you know we 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 dropped Fab and Hendo when we last three nil before now we're dropping Naby it's just like do we need to you know scapegoat why how about just rest the right people play the right I don't know it's just all very very weird and that's what the problem with this season is Dave it's too it just doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to things sometimes. And it's just, 
you feel like, what the hell is going on? So, yeah, I'm. I mean, th- some of the decisions of obviously Spearman's um, taking the role of Doctor Ian Graham, and then you know that we linked to a new um, to is it Frankfurt's? I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. We've just been linked to his the, the sporting director there, which which is another move. Which, if that was true, then he, apparently he's very data orientated orientated as well. So there's signs that they're going back to what it was before, if that makes sense. But yeah, something needs to happen and something needs to happen quick in terms of getting this team sorted and at least, you know, getting the right players in. Because you could, you, could you could make a case for literally everybody but Badge and Thiago leaving this summer, everybody, everyone in midfield, you can make a case for them not being around, like, because it wouldn't, you wouldn't miss them, if that makes sense. You, you just wouldn't miss six of those players, you don't, because either they're not playing or, you know, the youngsters you keep, obviously, like the Elliots and the Carvalho's, if you're going to change formation and stuff, but, um, but midfielders, you know, Fab's massive drop-off. Hendo's been declining for years. Milner's been declining for years. You know, Cater's availability is a problem. And he's out of contract. And he's out of contract. Uh, Ox's availability and contract, you know. And it just... Where does that leave you? It's just really poor management of uh, of, a, of a midfield and a squad. And I just think... Um, you know that that's disheartening, man. Because we were we were the well the best club, the sorry the best run club until two thousand eighteen nineteen, and then since then it's just been a pile of shite. So you know, in terms of players incoming and just in terms of you know doing the right places, not delaying updating the right. You know, I mean, how many attackers have we bought in the last? two years Dave. Mm. it's just like what <laughs> okay we're forgetting everything else <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, should have, this, we should have had another defender by now as well not only not only not no, only we should we have, have had two midfielders we should have had another defender by now because just look at the like how many injuries this year already yeah and there were, you know I mean it's you look at it and you go if you couldn't see this coming then why are you paid? Like people are like, yeah, but they're paid millions to do it. But if we can see it happening, why can't they? They're paid millions. Well, the thing is the people that could see it weren't listened to and left the club. The people that could see this happening, could see the decline in midfield, the people who didn't want to give contract extensions to certain people, the people who wanted to replace certain players in that squad, who wanted to sell certain players, weren't listened to. Like, I said this to Mo on Money Talks. Jürgen is the best manager in the world to build on a budget, but he's a terrible manager when it comes to selling to buy because he doesn't want to let go of players. He doesn't want to let go of Joel Matip and Joe Gomez and refresh the centre-back unit behind Virgil and Ibu. Now, maybe this summer he's going to have to realise that he has to do it. When he spoke about not being too loyal, I think Joel Matip could be a victim of that. Gomez is one we should be selling 
because he's got a bit of value to him and that's going to decline. But we should be selling both of them this summer and buying one high-end young centre-back and one kind of, you know, steady Eddie sort of pickup, like a, a Tosin from Fulham on a free as a steady, solid 7 out of 10 most week centre-back who can be Virgil's cover or Ibu's cover or whatever. And then someone like Antonio Silva from Benfica. And then next summer, you go and you buy another high-end centre-back prospect and you can sell Tosin, who you've signed on a free and paid, I don't know, 60, 70 grand a week in wages for a season. You sell him for 15 million because you will get that because he's a good Premier League centre-back. And you've made a, a 10 million profit on a bridge signing. That's what we should do. We should be selling Costas this summer and turning him into a younger potential starting left back for you know that 15 to 20 million pound range. It's Someone just too that, much to do. It's just it's too much, much to do, do because they've held on to these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, like you're Henderson right. should have been gone years ago. Milner should have been gone years ago. Ginny, Emre, Lalana, Moreno, Lovren, like all of these lads were kept far too long. And if we're being honest, Sadio should have been sold in the summer of 2020. Coming off that season he'd had where he was the best player in the league, his value was sky high. I know there was a pandemic. Money was still changing hands all around Europe. It was only us that couldn't spend. Money was was changing hands. We should have been selling Sadio. And in 2021, we should have been selling Mo. If the plan is sell to buy, that's how you operate. You can't get attached. You have to let these players go when you can get ridiculous value. Like, we paid $35 million for Mane. We could have got $100 million for him. Instead, we held on two years too long, and we got $30 million for him. Yeah. We should have sold Mo. We paid $40 million for him. We probably could have gotten $120 million for him. But, look, I'm happy to still have Mo. I'm very happy to still have Mo. But if you're going to be sell to buy, Mo was one of the players that should have been sold. I think because he brings the big value. You keep your Allison, you keep your Virgil, because it's harder to replace them than to find goal yeah. scorers. But and I think Virgil go for ages. You know, even if he loses, um, you know, ability in time, but he'll still be great in an asset over time. You know, well, until look, he's guys, later. But yeah, Thiago like... Silva is thirty eight, and Thiago yeah. Silva has never in his life been as good as Virgil. Virgil no. now. This season, even with a bit of decline, is still better than any version of Thiago Silva. Virgil's just held to an entirely different standard than everybody else. But yeah. Thiago Silva's 38. Virgil's 31. There's no reason we can't get another five years out of him. Alisson, the, the same. Like, you look at Manuel Nauer, who's sort of the, yeah. the, blue, the blueprint for the alley-type goalkeeper. He's 36. He'll be 37 in a couple of weeks. He signed on for Bayern for next season to take him to 38. Again, there's no reason Allison can't play for another seven, eight years for us. No, they're I, the two you keep. It's like Fab, for example. The, now's the time this yeah. summer. Fab should like, have gone. I, love, gone. I love him. I love Fab, right? And he's one of my favourite players. He was, but right now he's you know he's not the same as what he was. So I think if 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 you know someone comes in for him for 30, 40 million, you take it. You, know, you do, you 100%. It. You, you, you have to be more ruthless. Like, <clears throat> the warning signs were there with Fabinho at the end of last season. 
and he should have been sold this summer gone. And Matip the same. Matip was poor from like March or February, March on to the end of the season and lost his place for big games. He should have been sold this past summer. But Jürgen wants to hang on to these lads because he's got relationships built with them. And he obviously puts a lot of uh, importance on squad chemistry and, and not disrupting the group. But like I say, he's he's the best to build on a budget. But if you want to start selling key pieces off, that's where he he doesn't want anything to do with it. And that's why key people have left the club. Like Michael Edwards had a vision for this club. And it was a vision that brought us that first league title along with Jurgen. And you're in the summer of 2019, things fell apart between the two of them. And then nobody arrived. In the summer of 20, Thiago arrives. That's clearly not a Michael Edwards signing. I love Thiago. I was thrilled we got him. But that's very much a Jurgen signing. And then from there, like... As much as I like Darwin, and it's pretty clear that there's good data behind Darwin, that feels like a Jürgen signing. Gakbo's feels like a, a Jürgen and Linders kind of signing. So we've stopped listening to the people that helped us build the team, and they've just thought, fuck it. Why, why am I here? Let's leave. Yeah, I mean, Ward going, Graham going. The signs like, were the signs Ward are going... And immediately been linked to the Ajax job. That tells you he's not stepping away because he doesn't like the pressure of a job. Tells you he's leaving because there's been some sort of conflict. Yeah, exactly. There's something wrong. Uh, and I think people who are who are saying that's not the case are, are kind of kidding themselves a little bit. And just obviously, and it's fine to try and be positive and stuff, but it's very hard to be positive when um, your team is getting smacked every week. You know. It is. I don't know. It doesn't matter what you say. I think if you, I think we've been spoiled a little bit in terms of we've been winning a lot over the last few years, and um, but I made the point that if you if you look at it over the last six um, halves of seasons, so three years or so, it's like there's only been like a, a six month period or so where we've been fit, or like maybe two two halves. Out of those three years where we've when we've had everybody available, and there's been major injuries throughout the majority of that time. I think five, say two and a half years. So it's one out of the one out of six months out of two and a half years where we've actually had everybody fit, and that was where we went for it last year. Apart from that, it's just been a fucking horrendous, a horrendous like you know two years of injuries. So when people say to you we couldn't see it coming. It's not our job to see it coming as fans. It's the people that paid millions, millions and millions. It's their job to see it coming. And when you look at the, you know, and like Sai always says, the biggest predictor of injuries, you know, it's, it's, it's the history of it. So we're in this last, this, the last six months, the previous, like if you split the two years over, and you say, okay, six months, six months, six months. It's like only 25% of the last two years were injury-free. And that was the early 2022 to mid-2022 to try and get that quad. That was it. Apart from that, there's been heavy injuries throughout those periods of time. 
So first half of last season was fucking shit. The 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 second half of the you know just qualifying, getting into you know third place, there was still a shitload of injuries. The year, the, the six months before that, shitload of injuries, and then oh look, start of this season, shitload of injuries. Mm. So like when you look at it like that, you know if we missed it and if the fans got caught up in the last six months of the year, I get it, and also I I don't blame them because it was exciting and it was fucking unbelievable. But to say that because the fans didn't see it, the professionals won't see it, I can't accept that. I just can't. We're no. fans. No. We're fucking fans. We, how, you know, of course, people we're saw gonna get, it. We're gonna get carried away. How can professionals not see this coming when you just quickly have a look back and you just do what I did there? Yeah. It, it is shocking, shocking that we couldn't see this coming. As in yeah, the club, they, they not, did us, see it coming. not us. Not us. I'm did saying it's it shocking that the club, like, and and now people are saying, "Oh, Klopp saw it coming." No, he didn't. He sh- he would have changed things. He would have pushed for more players. He would have bought cheaper players. Because I, the other thing I don't accept is that you couldn't get midfield runners this summer on the cheap. Yeah. Fuck oh, off. Bullshit. Bullshit. Fuck Absolutely off. Bullshit. You could have got legs this summer. Instead, gone and bought 5 million, 10 million, 15 million players. Not even. You could, have bought, you could have bought two 30 million players. We had 60 million sitting there for fucking too many. No, but even if they wanted to go cheap, you still could have got legs. Yeah, you could. From yeah. summer? You, I mean, sorry, from the from Europe? You could have got legs, man. Just, you needed some runners. But look, you needed yeah, a, it's, it's just, the, mate, the I just, is, what I'm saying is... Wanna, but nobody wants it. to criticise Jürgen. That's that's it. People are scared to criticise Jürgen because, oh, you're we, not a real Jürgen, fan. We love Jürgen. He can be wrong, you know. He can be wrong, you know. He can be and he has been. Yeah. He can be and he has been. Like, the bottom line of this is that the failures of this season are, are Jürgen Klopp's failures. This season is his fault. Because he's the one that has hung on to these players beyond the point where they're useful. He's the one that didn't want to sign a midfielder. He fucking admitted it. He came out and said, yeah, I was wrong. And everybody else just went, oh, no, uh, there's no money. Uh, FSG won't give me any money. There is money. Where do you think the Gakpo money came from? That money was sitting there from the summer. Didn't just magically appear. That money was there from last summer. And then he's the one that decided to sign Gakpo in January rather than a midfielder. He's the one that has gone with this group of centre-backs despite all the injuries to Gomez and the fact that we know he is going to get injured again because that's just what happens. Joel Matip, I'm sick to the back teeth of the, the Joel Matip talk, Matip had a good run last year from August to January. Right? The two previous seasons, he barely kicked a fucking ball. He should have been sold. And now we're in a situation where he's been in dreadful form and you can't play him. You can't play Gomez because he's been poor as well. So you've got Virgil and you've got Ibu. And if either of them are out, we're fucked. And the same thing in midfield. An 18-year-old has come in to save our midfield. An 18-year-old who should not be anywhere close to the first team for a team that began this season with ambitions to win major honours. As talented as uh, Besetic might be, and as good a player as he might become in two or three years, he shouldn't be anywhere close to our first team. 
right now. But not only is he close to it, after Thiago, he's the best fucking midfielder we have. Because Henderson's washed. Milner's washed. Naby, who knows? He's leaving. Ox, washed and leaving. Elliot, not a midfielder. Never, ever a midfielder. And Fabinho looks washed. So Jürgen can sit there behind the fucking the, the desk and answer questions and be sarky with people all he wants about, well, you tell me what type of midfielder I should have. Good ones! Good ones, lads that can run! Lads that can actually fucking do their job! That's the type of midfielders you should have. Not children, not forwards, not lads that weren't haven't been good in three years. Good ones, Jürgen. That's what type of midfielder you need. Good ones. Jesus, Lord, wet. And people that come out and say, oh, if you criticise Jürgen, you're not a real fan. Fuck off. Like, that's just such nonsense. You have to criticise him. You have to. Because otherwise, like, you're just blindly going along with absolutely everything. And he could lead you off a cliff and you'd still fucking clap your hands and say, this is great crack. Yeah, like I mean, I do believe if there's someone who's gonna who's gonna help us out of it, it's him. But there needs to be a little bit of a change around him, in my view, in terms of you know who's you who's doing the power Yeah, player selection, all that. And and Jurgen's always been more successful when he's had less power. And let's be honest, that's and, and here, do you know how we know that? Worked. Do you know how we know that? Because he told us that. Yeah, absolutely. He so, told us that. He told us when he arrived at the club. I need a sporting director, and I need people who will disagree with me. He said that himself. And now there's no one there that will disagree with him. And anyone who does just gets ignored. Because there's absolutely no way that the medical staff, the highly trained, highly thought of medical staff at Liverpool, didn't see this coming. They There's no way someone among the training staff didn't go to Jürgen and say, look, boss, Matip is going to get injured at some point this season because he gets injured at some point every year. Gomez is going to get injured at this at some point because he gets injured every year. Ibu is going to get injured because he gets injured every year. Fabinho is going to get injured. Thiago is going to get injured. Henderson's legs are gone. Like, they do tests on all of these things to see where a player is in terms of capacity. There's no way... That there's- I mean... Someone didn't raise a red flag and go, this fella can't run anymore, boss. What are we doing here? And then you get the people that come out and go, oh, well, Henderson said himself, it's it's because of the World Cup. It's taken a lot lot out of him. What World Cup? The 2018 World Cup. Because he was shit last year and he was shit before the World Cup. Mate, so, this, um, it's, it's just nonsense. At, at, at the end of the day, when your midfield is just, you know, getting, I don't know, they just walk past the players in the team at the moment. So whenever Fab and Hender are in the team, like, did you, did, I mean, the Newcastle players, they were just running past them. Yeah. Um, and it was only badge chasing and trying to block or stop. And I mean, let's, let's be fair, St. Maximum is a strong player when he's on the ball as well. But the point is, it was just like they were not there at times, Fab and Hendo. And that's both of them. That's because they weren't it was, there. It was just so, it's, well, they were there, but they were just so bad. It was just, he just skipped past them like, you know, like just, the they, they can't do anything. the start of the game. The, the, the oh. one that Ali says 1v1 that all starts because Henderson decides to go and press their right sided centre back like yeah, he's, no he's 40 yards out of position 
five minutes into the game and he's charging across the pitch to press somebody that he's never, ever going to get anywhere near and they simply play around him and they're away. And the whole right side of our pitch is wide open. And St. Maximus just on his jollies, dancing up. Like, what do people... This isn't new. This stuff's been going on for ages now. Yeah, and yeah, hilarious. he pressed okay against Everton. Congrats. Against well, the, the Everton, slowest Everton, pair of centre-backs yeah, in the Everton world. Everton just gave us opportunity, though. I mean, it's unbelievable. If you, go, you can go... List. I mean, I was just looking at the numbers that Rodi sent for, for Everton. It's just... So much opportunity for them to just go press and win it back. I mean, I mean, with, with Newcastle as well, it's just they were higher quality players than Everton. So I think yeah. that's one thing. The other thing is that, like you said, decision making, you can't get overexcited with things. And I think Hendo loses it a little bit and just charges that, like you said, and then, and then Trent's alone. All it, all it takes is a crossfield pass because Mo's going to be far up the pitch as well if yeah, Hendo's exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. So... Transition-wise, we're just all over. The, we're still all over the place. Uh, against ten men, it was embarrassing. I'm sorry. Like I know people are gonna be happy with two. I was. Ha- don't don't get me wrong. I'm fucking elated with three points, and it means maybe the guys can take some confidence from two on the bounce and move forward in the Premier League. No problem with that. I've you know all yes. Let's do it. Let's get the confidence. Let's move up. That might help us. But it was embarrassing getting outplayed for certain moments. By 10 players. No, not, not just certain moments, though. We were out, outplayed for long stretches yeah. by 10 men. Long stretches by 10 men. And I would bet the XG after the 22nd minute, I would bet it's heavily in their favour. Because well, the, two, two, two big chances each. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, it, it's just like 10 men. We should be hammering them completely. Did you see the shot count? Yeah, they had more shots than us. <laughs> How? Ali was man of the match for Liverpool. Ali, that's it. Ali, if your goalkeeper is man of the match in a game in which you've gone 2-0 up and they've had a player sent off, if your goalkeeper ends up in man of the match, you have properly stunk the place out. Yeah, let's 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 transition the, the chat to him, segue it to Ali, because honestly, this guy is phenomenal, man. I mean, we mm. can't praise him enough. I know... Like even when we concede goals, he can do nothing about those. Like the one, the first goal against Wolves, then the then the second one against Wolves. Well, even the third, really, he could do nothing about those goals. There's, there's, there's. You go back and you look. He is really keeping us alive this season. It's because of him the guy gets sent off as well. Yeah, uh, Pope. You know, so it's like everything Ali's done. It's just so positive. And like, yeah, we we can't praise the guy enough. He's, I, I'm so glad. I mean, Jurgen was hugging him like crazy. He, that's the thing Jurgen recognised as well on the day. Jesus Christ, you saved our ass today, mate. Like, because he, he was, <laughs> as they were walking off the pitch, I think he was just grabbing him and hugging him like crazy because he knows, he knows this is the boy of our team right now. It's Alison Becker. So, we're currently yeah. eighth in the league. Yeah, and Alison Becker deserves to be in the Footballer of the Year conversation. He won't yeah, be yeah. because he's a goalkeeper and because we're eighth. But yeah. he should be in that conversation because that's how good he's been. Like he currently leads the league. John Harrison is a guy a lot of people know from social media who does a lot of goalkeeping analysis. And Alison is 
the number one rated keeper in the league this year in terms of XG pre- uh, prevented. Unbelievable. He, he has been outrageous. Now, bear in mind, he is playing in what should be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. He shouldn't have that level of XG against him to begin with. But he does. And if it wasn't for him, I genuinely think we would be not just in the bottom half, but you know, in the middle of the bottom half because we've been that poor. And you even think back to our best win of the season was at home to City. That goal comes from Allison as well. Yeah. That's Allison being aware of what's going on and launching that counter attack to Mo. Yeah, him and Mo are just—they just got this thing. They've got this. Yeah, this, this, this Mo just knows if he makes the run, Ali will see him and Ali will find him, and like. It's it's that, but like the amount of one v ones he saved early in the season was absolutely eye opening. Mm. Every single game he was making at least one world class one v one save, and I I believe he's established himself as not just the best Premier League goalkeeper of this era. I think he's the best Premier League goalkeeper of all time. I think when you look at the all round game, like Peter Schmeichel was. He was great as, as a shot stopper. He was great on crosses and he was great 1v1. His distribution was dreadful. And at times, he would really struggle as a sweeper keeper. A ball played in behind United's defence would cause absolute havoc with him. But with Ali, all five aspects, shot stopping, crosses, 1v1, sweeping, and distribution, Ali is genuinely world-class in every single one. Like, if you think of the best shot stoppers in the world, you can't name five better than Ali. He's a top five shot stopper. He's probably top two or three in terms of distribution with Ederson and and Naur. And 1v1, he's undoubtedly the best. I think on crosses, he's absolutely going to be in that top five as well. And then as a sweeper-keeper, he's very clearly the best. So, like, we haven't seen a goalkeeper that's great across the board in all five. For me, Petr Cech had outstripped um, Schmeichel as well. And he wasn't he wasn't good with distribution. Better than Schmeichel, but not good with distribution. Better than Schmeichel at sweeping, but again, not good in that area. Great shot stopper, great on crosses. Good 1v1, but not great. But Ali is legitimately world-class in all five aspects of the modern goalkeeper. And when you look around at the best goalkeepers of the last decade, like, now I would say world-class in all five as well. He's the only one I would put in that regard. I would say... Oblak, probably great, world-class in four. Not so good with his distribution. Courtois, world-class shot stopper, world-class 1v1, world-class on crosses, average distribution, not a great sweeper. Not the best judgment coming out off his line. For me, Ali and Naur are the two best we've seen in the last 10 to 12 years since Buffon's sort of decline. And... I don't think we've ever seen anybody as good in the Premier League. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? 
Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Wow, that's some praise. That's some praise. And the thing is, guys, he's only 30. He'll be 31 Mate, we've got him in October. We, we're going to have him for years and years and years. Like I said, Manuel Nauer will turn 37 next month. And he's still, he's still a top 10 goalkeeper in the world. There's no reason that Ali can't sustain that. And remember, Nauer about, what was it, 17, 18, had that horrendous ankle injury. And he came back from that when some people thought he wouldn't be able to come back and regain his best level. But he came back. It took him a year to get his best level back. But he had three unbelievable years in a row before this one. He he has been sensational. Ali hasn't had that type of game-altering injury. He's had a couple of hamstring or a couple of calf muscles or whatever it's been. But he hasn't had that kind of big injury. So there's no reason to think he can't sustain for another six another six seasons after this. No reason at all to think he can't do that. Which is one of the reasons that it's wise to sell Cuevin Callagher. Because he's never going to become first choice. No. And at that point, he'd be near 30. So you, you can't ask him to waste his whole 20s. So sell him, get a good fee for him, and you will get a good fee for him. And promote someone like Pitaluga, who's 19, elite-level prospect. You're only going to need him a couple of games a season. And you can still say to him, look, you're still going to be a young goalkeeper by the time Allison's at the end. You're still only going to be in your mid-20s. So you have all the time in the world. You sell Kelleher, you tell Adrian to enjoy the rest of his days, doing whatever he wants to do. You bring in someone like Ron Robert Zeller, or Zeller, um, the German, who's a homegrown player because he was in United's academy for years. He's your new third choice. And you promote Pitaluga to the backup. And he doesn't count against the the quota either way because he's so young. And when he does come of age, he'll count as a homegrown keeper. So not only have you got your succession plan, you're also going to help your quota because Zeller's homegrown, whereas Adrian isn't. And Pitaluga will, will, will count as homegrown in a few years, but doesn't count either way. So it frees up two, two non-homegrown spots by changing the goalkeepers out for those two boys. And you make a significant profit along the way of, I don't know, 15 to 18 million or whatever you get for Kelleher. And now that can go towards helping fund your centre-backs, which you need. I agree. I do. It's interesting. I, I mean, let's pivot to the, the biggest game of the season then, which is tomorrow night. Um, literally, <laughs> because obviously what, one thing that we want to do 
is we want to qualify for the competition we're playing in tomorrow night against Real Madrid. So, um, but if that doesn't happen, and if we continue to struggle in the league like we have over the since the start of the season, then the only other option is to try to do our best in the competition itself. Uh, not only to obviously you know um, try and win it, but to, to earn as much money as possible for the summer. Because yeah. whilst we do have money, every win, every round you go through gives you more of the pot, more of you know more income. And I think that's really, really important for this squad whilst they're, you know, trying to get into that back into that top four, which does look like they can actually do now, like because the rest of the teams around are are having a rough time as well. Like Newcastle are uh, six draws and a loss now in their seven. That's a hell of a lot of drop points. Mm. Um, Spurs are up and down, you know, with what Spurs they're doing. Mess. Spurs are a mess. Exactly. The league is a mess, though, Gags, because... Oh, yeah. Like, but think but it, means, it. it opens it up for us, though, which is Oh, nice. it does, yeah. Because, like, you look at... Nobody would class Arsenal as a great team. No. They're a good team, but they're not a great team. Our team from last year, from 18, 19, and 19, 20, would wipe the floor with them. Like, that would be 5-0 by half time. It wouldn't even be a challenge for us. We'd just run all over them. The great City teams would run all over them and just tear them apart and destroy them. There's no great teams. There's two good, there's, there's two good teams. There's, there's Arsenal and there's City. There's an okay team, a decent team in United. And then the rest are just about okay. Like, you, you give credit to Brentford and Brighton and Fulham because they're massively overperforming against where we would expect them to be, being that they're above us. But you still wouldn't say, in terms of what we've seen in the past, that they're good Premier League teams. They're just okay. Then there's us. We're a mess. Then there's Chelsea, who are a train wreck. Villa, who seem to enjoy sabotaging themselves. And everybody below Villa could potentially get relegated. Everybody. The league is really weird right now. There's more talent than there's ever been. But there's less great teams and good teams than there's ever been. Now, I don't know why that is. I'd also point to the fact that all four of last season's top four have fallen off. Us drastically, Chelsea drastically, Spurs, I think, significantly, and I think City have fallen off significantly as well. It's such a weird season. This is the weirdest season I can remember. This is worse than that 2021 season with no fans. It's weirder than that. Overall, not as weird for us because obviously we at least have. Yeah, I think I think the know, games players. are still very, very entertaining. I mean, oh, they are, but they're entertaining because yeah. because there's People are so lots shit. of <laughs> yeah, there's lots of shit football. So it becomes level, doesn't it? It levels it out. Everybody's kind of like can beat each other, which is why it's still open. Which is why it's still open. So yeah, and I, I think the Champions League is exactly the same. Yeah, like I mean, Real Madrid is not. They're not exactly in great form, are they? No, they, they're like it's the same thing in La Liga. They've fallen off. Uh, yeah. Sevilla have fallen off. Atleti have fallen off. Barca, what running away with the league? And they're That's average. Good. They're <laughs> average. Again, our team from last year would wipe the floor with them. That'd be 4-5-0 before the game even got going. Like, you look at last week's games, okay? PSG, they're not as good as they were last season. They're, they're just a mess. Bayern aren't as good as they were last season, but they do look to be kind of rounding in form that they lost at the weekend. Milan are not good this year. Spurs are not good this year. Bruges are managed by Scotty Two Coats. So make it that what you will. 
Benfica are better this season than they were last season. Credit to them. They are better this season than they were last season. Dortmund are in a great run of form, but were garbage for a while before that. Chelsea are a mess. And then this week, you've got us, Real, who are not nearly as good as they were last year. Eintracht, who are very much up and down. Napoli are the best team in Europe, and I will hear no argument against it. They're just phenomenal. They've hugely improved on last year. Inter aren't as good as last year. Porto aren't as good as last year. Ditty aren't as good as last year. And Leipzig aren't as good as last year. So despite the fact that we are as bad as we have been in a long time, this Champions League is not unwinnable. It's not unwinnable. If you can get by Real and get a favourable quarter-final draw and maybe have a couple of the other big hitters face each other and knock each other out, yeah, this Champions League is, is definitely there for the taking. It's not a classic year by any stretch. There's no, again, no, other than Napoli, and I would put them in a pool all to themselves, there's no great team. If we ever need Anfield... Tomorrow night yeah, is when we really night. need Anfield, isn't it? Yeah. Like they, the, the fans could make the biggest difference in this game, um, especially if Madrid aren't themselves. You know, like like you're saying, they're not in form and can get easily, easily uh, done over. Uh, I think I think if we if the fans turn up, it could really give a boost to some of those players who need some confidence and that that adrenaline. Really, I think that's what's missing. It's just that little push. But it depends on the side he picks, you know. I'm interested to see if um, he, he remains with Badge, which would be great if he does. And um, who starts next to him? Because obviously Thiago's not there. Who would have? But... Um... He definitely starts. Because I think Fab has to start because yeah. you want Badge on the left. So Fab has to be the six. Mm. So the question is who starts on the right? He's going Hendo. He is going to go Henderson, and, and it's the wrong decision. The yeah. right decision is to play Naby. See, because he's going to... The, the problem... See, it's, it's, it's against... So teams like Everton, I don't mind Hendo starting, and the results are there. Yeah, but shit teams. teams. That, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. So teams, teams, that can't, teams that can't keep the ball, Henderson is fine against. Yeah. Because exactly. they won't punish his mistakes. But teams that can play through you or run past you... Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, we have trouble again, you know, with these legs. And it doesn't matter if you play Milner or Hendo. It's the same thing nowadays now. You know, Milner's a better player. Yeah. Milner's technically, he's, he's just got it's more just slow. Of a technical side. It's just really side slow. He's really That's slow. Yeah, he you just see him at the weekend him. where he came but, on. Mate, I love that he won midfield. all those tackles, though. I just yeah, loved. He, <laughs> he wins the ball and he... he Tell looks for a pass and there's no pass so he drives at their defence <laughs> and the centre back just stands in front of him and Milner just falls over he just fell over, nobody touched him he just fell over and let the ball go behind him, it's wonderful stuff, It's because Trev always laughs about when Milner runs he seems to get shorter the entire time he's running he goes from like a normal sized human being to Ant-Man if he has to run more than 20 feet and this literally is what happened. He just ran forward and just collapsed. He's knackered. I've had enough. I'm too old for this shit. Like the, like the boys in, uh, in Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. <laughs> too old for this shit. Just, oh, dreadful oh, stuff. God. Like, how is this? How is this what we are? How wow. is this our midfield group? You know, I mean, this is it. He needs, 
I don't know what he's going to do, but... And he we don't even know if, He's going to start Henderson. He's going to start Fab. He's going to start Fab. I suppose the, um, the press conference is on now. Any second? Oh, no. Was it? No. It's Al- over. He said, uh, he said... News Darwin, is okay. Darwin has pain. He might be... He should be okay. It just depends how he responds to pain. So it sounds like he just got a bit of a jolt in the shoulder. Um, right. So it doesn't sound like it's anything too serious. But we know Jürgen. Jürgen, Jürgen couldn't lie straight in the bed. So, um, no, but just give him some bloody injections, right? So he doesn't feel the pain for, 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 you know, for 60, 70 minutes and get him on that bloody pitch. We need that pace, man. Without do. Diaz. See, when Diaz is fit, I don't mind if he rotates them because we just need the pace. Without pace, we lack so much. That's Jürgen's, half of Jürgen's game is pace. Yeah, and power bigger, so, stronger, and faster. That's yeah. That's what that's what we were. That's what we need to get back to being. Exactly. Like the midfield with, with Henderson, Fabinho, and Ginny wasn't the most gifted midfield in the world, but they were bigger, stronger, and faster than the midfields they were going up against, and they just run over teams. I do like Gakpo, though. I do like him. I do. I, I yeah. like what we've seen from him. I think you know, he, especially he started slow on the ball, but off it, he started like a monster off the ball so he was great but See, now he's is, like now he's getting involved in scoring which really then turns it into an all-round player the, you know the, the thing is with Gakpo right he's not this monstrous presser in no. the way that that say Bobby was or the way that uh Sadio was he's not this explosive athlete the way no, he Sadio won't get the high was. values like I don't think he gets the high but value what he does is he blocks passing lanes really well yeah, he's like a Ginny up top. That's exactly who I was going to compare him to. He's exactly like Ginny. He, he, he will let the centre-back have the ball. Yeah. And he'll say to him, but you can't pass to this guy. Honestly. And you're not going to pass to him. So now you've got to pick an unfavourable pass to somebody else. And then somebody else can press that, that ball. Is it crazy that you would try him as an eight? Just, just to it's get by crazy. in the last couple of, in the in the next in the Champions League at least, where it's not as, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that because he's got legs, he can mm. run away, and on the ball, he is so good when he starts getting going when he's running with the ball at his feet. Did you see him for the Everton yeah the Mo goal against Everton? How quick yeah. he went up that pitch! Oh my god. I initially thought he started ahead of Mo. He didn't. He started about eight yards deeper than Mo. Yeah, he caught up. And overtook Mo. Mm. Mo's Mo's definitely getting on, but it's just Gakpo's tall, man. He's got his... That stride is going to catch. He's going to eat the ground up with the stride. He just needs to get moving. So from that regard, it wouldn't be mad to start him as the right side at eight. I've I've been thinking that the best use of him... now. This is the best use of him, the best use of Darwin, and the best use of Diaz is four two three one. Hmm. So you play Fab and Badge as a two, double pivot, just sit in, hold the midfield together, don't do, don't, yeah. don't do anything silly, and do not, for the love of fucking God, do not press people unless you know you can get the ball. Yeah. Just sit, play Gakpo as the ten. Darwin as the nine, and Diaz on the left wing. Mo would play right wing in that regard, obviously. The issue is you don't get the very best of Mo in terms of the goals, but you might get the very best of Mo in terms of creativity if you give him the ball. 
if yeah. you feed him the ball and let him run at the fullback or pick a pass combined with Trent, you might turn Mo from 30 goals and 10 assists a season into, say, 18 goals and 18 assists. I think the key with Mo is, Dave, and I don't know how many people would agree with this, is just having more players around him. I yeah, think the more give people, him the ball. Yeah, as the more I, that is around Mo, the more magic's going to happen. Now, when he drifted in and created that goal for Gakpo, you can't tell me that's not one of the best assists of our, you know, of the season for us. Oh, a hundred percent it is. 100%. You know what I mean? That, that's the type of shit he's going to get going and get doing. You know, is doing. You know who the last person that did that type of thing for us, and it was only Sadia. very briefly. Sadia. Well, did Sadia no, do no. it against United for us? That's no, year? no. The person I'm talking about that kind of drifting in. Oh yes, gone. Shakiri. In 1819, yeah. when we went 4-2-3-1 and Shakiri played in the right, he was able to be more creative because he got plenty of space and he could c- contribute with some goals. Now, Mo is obviously a significantly better player yeah. than Shaq. Shaq's a, got a great strike on him. He's a great cross the ball, brilliant set pieces, but Mo is just a much better player. Yeah, I think Mo, Mo if, if you take the goal-scoring pressure off of Mo hmm. and say to him, we don't need you to get 30, you get 18 and get 15 assists across the season. You're more than contributing. And Darwin will carry the goal-scoring load. Gakpo will get plenty of goals. Jota, Diaz. You know, Jota coming off in. the bench. Diaz. And the thing with four-two-three-one is it fits Elliot better. It fits Carvalho better. It fits Jota better. It fits Curtis Jones better. So it fits Ben Doak better. It, it'll fit Kate Gordon quite well. So look at Carvalho. I mean, you can't tell me when you look at him from last season how confident, how good he was on the ball, and what we've converted him into. It's like, why did you buy him? Yeah. yeah why did if, Why did you buy him if you weren't going to change the way you were going to play? He likes to pick the ball up deep and run with it, or one twos in midfield and move. You know, we're sticking him out on the left where he's going. He's not going to get to do any of that. No. No, his best... Like, that's that's the thing. I would be saying you've got Mo and Harvey are your right-sided players. Yeah. Darwin and Jota are your nines. Gakpo and Carvalho are your tens. And Diaz and Doak, Curtis Jones can play left. Diaz is the starter. Doak can play there. And Jones can play... Jones has played left wing a whole bunch in his career. That's where you're playing from now on, Curtis. If you don't like it, tough. That's where you're playing. You, you might fill in at the 10 sometimes as well if we no, want a bit I more I think control. he doesn't love playing left. Yeah, he would. He'd have loads of freedom. Yeah. He doesn't have the pace, but he can carry best, the ball well. That's the best place for him, playing so like, on the left. 4-2-3-1 just suit, And 4-2-3-1 makes our midfield easier to restock this summer because rather than the four that we currently need to play 4-3-3, you'd only need... Three, but you could get away with two. You could get away with just buying Jude and Moises Caicedo. Now, Jude and Manuel Ugarte, whatever. I have some reservations about Jude in a two, mostly because I'm not sure it's the best use of him. But given his age, you're basically buying a, a lump of clay anyway, and you can mold him into whatever you want him to be. So if it's Jude and Caicedo or Jude and Ugart, or Jude and Florentino Luis as a two, and Gakpo is the 10, that's something that can work. Jude can also play the 10, so you've got that option as well. If you wanted to sit, say, bring in Fab or Thiago or Badge 
and play them next to Caicedo or whoever. Like, 4-2-3-1 fits our squad better than 4-3-3. And truthfully, Gags, it always has, because Fab, Thiago, Naby, Ginny all preferred playing in a two. The only people that liked the three were Henderson and Milner, because they're not good enough to play in a two. And it suited Mo. It suited Mo to play in a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-2-3-1. But Mo, when we bought him, had played a lot of his football in 4-2-3-1, both right wing and as a 10, and had done really, really well. Didn't have the goal numbers, but the creativity was there. He was still getting double figures goals, just wasn't getting 30 and 40 a season. I I think 4-2-3-1 would get the best out of this new group of attackers more so than the 4-3-3 and limit the issues in midfield. Yeah, just, you know, needs to get a couple more midfielders, I think, so that we can, uh, you know, just imagine next year then with, with that 4-2-3-1. So if you do have Bellingham in there, you buy a midfielder like, who's the guy at, at Sporting? Manuel Lugard? Yeah. So just say, yeah. yeah, so just say you get someone like that in. So you got Badge and we've got maybe we need another one. So we, we buy three midfielders, right? So we've got Bellingham, who else? Kone maybe? Kone, yeah. Kone be so good. Kone, Kone, we've got Badge to rotate in the middle, right? Three. Mm. You're, you'll have Thiago in there sometimes as well. So that's four. Then you've got Bellingham as the 10 instead. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. He, he gives you that option that he can play either role. So if you want to sit two holding midfielders and let him just run from the 10, perfect. But when you're playing the dross and you want to be a little bit more expansive and you maybe want a different option against a deep block, you just play Curtis that or play uh, Jude that little bit deeper in the double pivot, bring in Cody Gatbo and have him as that sort of centralized connector if you want. Uh, it, it just it fits what we have. It fit, and the thing is, it's a simple change to go back to four three three. It's a very simple one off, one on. You know, Gakpo off, Badge on, back Gakpo off, Kone on, whatever you want. It's a very simple change to shift it to a four three three. Yeah, as and when you need it to. And, and it, it's, a, it's a simple, simple shift four four two or whatever else. I know the first thing people are going to say is. How are you going to spend 130? Like, because obviously that's the quoted figure. I'm not going to say that's how much Bellingham is. How are you going to spend 130 million on Bellingham and, and 45 on, you know, Kone and 45 on Agart or something? It's, you know what it works out to a year? 44 million for the three? Yeah. Over five years? Thing. That's five. Because obviously FIFA bringing a new rule in that it's the maximum you can do is five years now because of fucking Chelsea and their fucking games this, this in January, smart bastards. Um, but. If, but still, it's forty-four million a year, right? This is the so, thing: all of our budget it, needs to go on the midfield. Yeah, but we don't need two hundred million to spend this summer because no. Dortmund aren't asking you to write a check for one hundred and twenty million. No, they're no. saying give us payment terms that will total one hundred and twenty million. That might be forty million up front. It might be fifty million. It might only be thirty million up front. Yeah. Like, Dortmund will be flexible. Sporting Mate, as will long be as they're getting the money, they're they going to be care. They're gonna, It goes straight on their books exactly immediately, so they can spend. Yeah, right? it goes immediately. So, so the interesting part is 
when people say it's a hundred and you know two hundred million going immediate, it's not. It's not. That's why Chelsea, what they spent now, it's not immediately all that money going out. It's spread. They've spread it all over. They've spent more so that they can spread. It's literally why they've done it. So they've gone for like Enzo. They've paid over the air, you know, whatever they wanted and more. But they spread it over eight years or whatever mm. it is, six years, seven years, whatever. That's why they've done it. But that's how we've done it in the past. But we've literally almost paid off everyone apart from Nunes now. And also with Nunes, we paid a hefty amount up front. We paid most of that. Exactly. That's mostly paid so, back. so like with Nunes, even what's left on that, there's not much. No. So our, our trans- it, transfer debt is minuscule. Exactly. Um, so now, what I'm saying is, if there is a year that we can expect or we should expect, I'm not saying it's going to happen because no, I don't we know what expect the fuck. It. We should fucking demand us. Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. But as a fan, you'd think if there ever was a year, we were saying this last year though. If there ever was a year, this is the next one. Is it where you can spend? But does it happen? That's the problem. And are we going to get sold? It doesn't look like it. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, we nobody's heard a, a, a wink about no. about the sales stuff because it's definitely behind NDAs and whatever. And, you know, loads of people who've been talking about Qatar, I, I keep saying I've not heard anything. But that's probably because if people did know that I, that I knew about, you know, who who would talk to us, just don't know because it's, it's behind an NDA. So, you know, I, I mean... Personally, FSG, if they're smart, they'll do something that's different. You know, they'll do something that's that's smart. But I don't realistically, know. realistically, right? There's probably eight people who actually know what's going on with the sale. There's probably a couple of people from both banks. So say that's four: Mike Gordon, Don Henry, Tom Werner. And whoever's talking to them representing a potential buyer. And that's it. Like, there will be... The majority of the staff at both banks will have no fucking idea what's going on. There will be shareholders in FSG who won't know what's going on. Nope. Because they won't have voting rights. There will be a very, very small number of people who know what's going on. Simple as that. A very small number. So, hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can get, look, we can all get caught up in this, this or whatever, you know, Qatar and Saudi groups and whatever. And look, all I want is, all I want is the best possible owners. And on Money Talks, I laid out a potential, I, I could be complete fantasy 
landscape of what the club could look at if, if in terms of minority investment going towards more of a Bayern model of having strategic investors who are already commercial partners and also having a future out clause for FSG where, say, they sell 10% to a certain group with an understanding that in three or four years they will sell the rest or they'll sell another 40% and maybe they end up keeping 20 themselves. But none of us are going to know what's happening until it's actually announced because that's just how this is going to work. It's going to be played out differently than United because United is a circus. Manchester United is and has been a circus. But even with them, as stupid as they are, I don't for one second believe that Qatar is going to end up with United. I think if it's going to be sold, it's probably going to be Jim Ratcliffe. But I've said from the start, I think they're going to try and hold on to the club. I think they might look for minority to sell like minority stakes. They might sell 30%. But I think they want to keep control. I think the two brothers do. Now, what they might do is they might sell those stakes in the name of their sister, their sister and their brother and whoever else owns, owns shares. And they'll hold on to the rest. Because why would they sell? That's a lifetime of cash that they have there. That's 60 to 70 million every year into their pockets. Yeah, so, like, like Tad said, they're listed on the New York Stock Exchange. So they do have to tell everybody when things exactly. happen. Exactly. That's so why that's their different. sale process is, selling it, is playing it the way it is. But like, yeah. if, you look at, if you look at the offers that come in for them, the Qataris offered $4.5 billion. Now, the last time I checked, that was below £4 million sterling. And Jim Ratcliffe apparently offered bang on £4 million. They want six. So if you were selling your house tomorrow, Gags, and you wanted... I'm just spitballing. I have no idea how much your house is worth. Let's say you wanted 400 grand for it, right? And I came to you and said, I'll give you 250 grand. You would close the door in my face because I'm not a serious buyer of your house. <laughs> yeah, do you know I what I mean? Even, I wouldn't even open the door. <laughs> no, but that, that, you know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. that, that's, if, if, if you have an asset and you have made it known very publicly that you want 6 billion... Even if the house isn't worth six billion, if you've made it known you want that money, and someone comes and offers you like a third less, you're not gonna you're not gonna engage with them. No, that's no, not, and that's not a serious not, offer. It's not serious. It's taking the piss, and they're just. And, and the, the thing waters. that gets me as well is that Jim Radcliffe has confirmed he spoke to them in August and again in January. So he spoke to them personally. He knows what they want, and he still came in two billion below. Because realistically, United have 500 million in debt sitting on their accounts, plus all the transfer debt they have, which is lumbering the club for the short term. And then they need about a billion quid or a billion and a half in infrastructure for the new, for either a complete overhaul of Old Trafford or a new stadium, a new training ground, a new academy facility, and a proper training facility for the women's team. Like, so you're talking another two billion on top of that before you put a penny into the team. Like, who who is going to do that? I don't think there's anybody, and I don't think even Qatar, with all the money in the world, are going to do that. Because what they've, sh- what, 
what these sports washing countries have shown they want to do. And not not saying that this attempt to purchase is sports washing, but I'll tell you why I think it is. They buy cheap clubs who've, whose fan base are starved for history or starved for success, and they play on the fact that they're desperate for trophies. City, Newcastle. More relegations than trophies in the 50 years preceding sports washing money. The reason I think United is sports washing, the fellow who's fronting the bid has a net worth of less than $1 billion. He's the chairman of a bank. He is a member of the royal family, but his father quite famously fell out with the last emir when his father was prime minister and the last emir was in his reign because the prime minister was very, very popular and very, very powerful, and the emir wasn't so popular. So the emir abdicated, gave the throne to his son, and his son then forced the prime minister out of office. And from what I can find and and read about, there has been a disconnect between the family since then. However, this guy's only worth less than a billion. Where is he coming up with, I've got eight to ten billion to throw around? It's clearly state-funded, which means sports washing. So I don't think he'll get past... I don't think he'll get past the authorities on this one. I, I, I just don't. Because at least with, with Newcastle, the PIF had all the money. No one could doubt where the money was coming from. They just had to deny that they had claims to the government, but they could say, look, we've got all the money. He can't say he's got all the money because he doesn't have it. Agreed. We've kind of covered quite a bit today. Like, gone all the way around the horses. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you excited or nervous for tomorrow night? Um, I think the last two results have given me some, you know, some optimism. Because I'm an optimist, you know that more than more than the negative. Because like I've been very negative on the on the um, on this part in terms of what's happened and stuff. But that's because there's plenty of evidence there to, mm. to discuss it. But going forward, like you told me about Real Madrid, and I mean, I don't watch anything apart from Liverpool, so it's always good to know what's Wrong happening. With your Liverpool. horizons, gags. Stop watching all that fucking TV stuff. It'll just rot your mind. I don't, I don't watch that much TV. It's more <laughs> get yourself get yourself an old white scout. Uh, I've gone back and... to wrestling nowadays, mate. <laughs> 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 Which is fucking unbelievable. Honestly, it's really got yeah. me. It's just but, fun. Um, That's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It is, like you said, you know when the fun comes back into something, you end up watching it. And, yeah. And that's what's happened for me. I've found... Um, I'm I'm sorry for bore people, but the Sami Zayn story is uh, has really got me got me hooked on it because it's just been. Plus, uh, you know, if anyone knows anything about that guy, he's a very very nice guy as well. So it's good to see good things happening for good people, type of thing. But see, we so, we also grew up watching in the eighties and nineties where the world title meant something, yeah, and the champions would have long title reigns. So for me, like I don't, I'm not watching it as close as as you are. But the 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 fact that like Reigns has held it for 900 days or whatever, yeah, it, it makes has it put big. some prestige back in the title, and and it's not been passed around like it's you know the hardcore title or the 24 seven title anymore. And that to me, that's that's a really big step in the right direction. I, I like you. I, I've I've followed the storyline again, not as closely with with Zayn and the bloodline and that. And it's it's been great. And it's been great from a couple of different ways. 
there's been some wonderful comedic moments. And then there's obviously the, you know, the different storylines with Kevin Owens and, and, and the yeah. drama and Jay. Jay Uso and, and superb. It's just it's superb. been it's, 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 it's just been really it's well just, written. It's like a TV show. It's yeah. not, honestly, but it is like it is. It's yeah, a, yeah. it's a, it's it's like a soap. Yeah, super. It's like Coronation Street, except people knock the lumps knock lumps out of each other. It's <laughs> like imagine imagine if in Corrie, if Mike Baldwin and Ken Barlow had just knocked lumps of each other every week, <laughs> it would have been so much better. We'd all have watched it. You know, if Ian Beale. And Phil Mitchell had gone hell for leather at each other in EastEnders, battering each other up and down the, the, the Queen Vic. Everybody be tuning in to watch that stuff. Absolutely. That, and I, that. Yeah. And I just got promoted at work as well. So it's like, it's just been a bit mental. So it's trying to focus. Otherwise, I'm always on Discord and that's something I don't want to keep doing. So um, plus it's been very negative. Very, very negative. Very negative people at the moment around, which I don't. Which I don't blame because you can't I don't help go it. Discord anymore. Discord anymore. Well, you can't help it when people are your best. I think we've said it so many times in old school. Liverpool's an out for everyone yeah. uh, out of their life, and when it's bad, then things are bad everywhere, kind of thing. If Liverpool's bad or playing bad or the results are bad, then life seems like it's bad. Which is why I had to kind of just separate from it because. Look, man, we, we are we are hardcore fans, and like I've spent what the last like you, um, how many years? Two thousand and eleven onwards on this site, and I've yeah. taken a bit of a back step the last year, but it's because it was too much. It was too. It was way too much a part of my life, right? And it started affecting my life, and I had to take a step back. And I find that if I get, you know, too involved again, then that's when I get, like, I start getting depressed and shit, man, when we lose. It's too much. It's too, I, I, I can't let myself get affected. I'm coming into a phase of life where the kids need me. One's going to uni soon. You know, wife's going to be kicking off some of her own stuff. I have to support others. I've done my dream. Does that make sense, Dave? I've I tried to do, you know, I spent 10 years, 11 years on this, spending yeah. all the time. I have to give that time back. Well, if you think of you it, know? this this year um at at the you know, the early phase of next season will mark 10 years since we launched Anfield Index podcasts. And yeah, that that in itself, like, is is absolutely mental to think about. It's been yeah, and that, we years. kind of reversed, Dave, because when it started, I was like going crazy. Like, I used to be on every pod. You used to be on once a week, twice a week. But like, if you think if it, if we reverse it, it's like now you you work day to day on it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it's your life. So imagine that was me, but I had another job on top. Imagine doing two of those. So for 10 years, it was too much. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. So like, like I for me, like just take for me, it's been, it's been a weird thing because obviously I, I was living in Australia when we started doing this. Oh man, that was hilarious. And then, <laughs> then I was, then I was in, in Asia, then I was home, then I was in Canada. And when I was in Canada, I had to take a bit of a step back just because it had been at that point, it had been only like three or four years of us doing this. So I was, you know, and then we launched Pro, so that was a reason to come back because it was a bit more, it was like a refresh. It was like we hit the restart button on it. And 
I've sort of gone the opposite way to you in the last few years in that you've had to take a step back from this to focus on your family and your career. And I took a step back in my actual career and just jacked my job to do this full time because I found that this was what it needed to be for me. This was a release, whereas my job was what was sending me into spiraling pits of depression. Um, well, I'm so glad that's because you're valuable. So I'm so glad that, that it turned out this way. I mean, as long as you're happy, it turned out this way. But I mean, oh, yeah. I just, look, this you know. worked out perfectly for me because my missus works full time. She's mm. also undertaking a degree. Mm. And she's also doing another course through her current job that they put her forward to. So me doing this means I have more time to support her. I have more time to manage our house and do all the different chores around the house and look after the dogs and whatever, all that kind of stuff needs to be done. So she doesn't need to distract herself. She can just focus on work nine to five, come home, focus on her study for a few hours, and then she can relax in the evening and not have to worry about all the other stuff that goes on because I can take care of, of everything else. So it has worked out perfectly. And that's why when people say to me, just say, you know, an owner came in that had all the issues that, you know, uh, a state-owned type thing would have, you know, if it's sports washing, human rights, you know, all the all the things. When they say to me, oh, would you, you know, what would you do? And I go, what the fuck could I do? I could do nothing. Like, literally, what could I do about it? The only thing I could do is give a, have a voice against it. And that this is, this podcast, I couldn't shut it down. Because it it's people's lives at stake. Yeah. Like, you know, people work on this place full time. So, like, I would, like, what I would do is I would probably lose a little bit of passion. But, in fact, the passion would probably go in to being anti ownership or something i don't know but it would be that in itself is that in itself is content yeah absolutely you don't have to to show her this place because you can then you can instead use this place as as a platform if if you wanted to speak out against the ownership i on the other hand have gone the entire opposite direction and i have made myself available to be (laughs) for any qatari saudi or any other overlords that would like to spin, I will spin the shit out of whatever you need me to spin and whitewash it galore. So, so get in touch. Um, you, you can hit me up on Twitter, <laughs> at Mr2Footed. Uh, DM's open. So, you, you, you made me laugh, but at the end of the day, the point is, it's always been free speech on here. And like, um, you know, there's, all, there's always going to be an interview. view. So, and it's welcome, literally. I, I just think... Um, there's there's no way you police that or police what you know what people think or people do they're going to have their own views on things and how they're going to go about it i was just putting across what you know my, my, our situation would be or what we would do nothing would stop it would just have to you know it would be different when i'm on it would be different when others are on and i would hope people wouldn't want to stop you know podcasting or providing services just be objective about the game itself but then obviously provide provide views on the bits that you don't like and that you're against because that's the only way the voice gets across if you stop having a voice in it or if you stop airing it that's kind of giving up if that makes sense so i mean i don't know if i don't think it's going to go that way it doesn't look like it will 
So I think it's something we're probably worrying about for no reason. But uh, look how we've just like gone away from, way away from what we're talking about in Discord and Liverpool affecting your mental health. But this is the type of shit that I think about. <laughs> what's going to happen? What's going to, you know, you have to think a few steps ahead. Mm. And, um, you know, because Anfield Index is, is everything. Yeah. So even though I'm not here, it's like still everything. You know, it's still everything to me. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's, so, it's of the original crew from the, the podcast days. Richie's no longer involved. Marco does does bits and bobs every now and then. Um, it's me and you from yeah. from day one, 10 years. Like, that's... Rhodesie and Rhodesie and Darth came, like, Rhodesie and Darth Darth came along. first month. First month, first yeah. Month. They... Brundish yeah, came yeah. along, I think, about six months in. Yeah, so still, um, first year wise, we got a lot of people. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of people that's still here, which is amazing, right? Nina's is around amazing. since the early days, first year as well, 2014. Um, Guy yeah. is around since the fairly early days, yeah, doing podcasts and that. I think Harinda as well came just shortly. Harinda, absolutely. Year. Cam came, Cam was actually on one of our remember we did the live commentaries commentaries yes yeah 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 cam was it cam was in one of them cam was in one of them so he wasn't a friend then he was just a listener so that's mad that's a long time like that's a but like that's the thing and and that's like we all snipe and bitch and argue with each other and whatever else but at the end of the day we there's a reason we've all been doing this for that this long together but like just to go right back to the start because you, you mentioned them like People will get the hump a little bit with you for criticizing, uh, you know, the processes behind. They they don't they don't care. But they're used to me at this point, so they they won't. They just expect it from me. But you know, they don't expect as much from you. But like when Dan Kennett, who might be the most even-headed person of the entire staff yeah, at AI, Dan's getting a lot of hate for no reason. When, yeah. But when he speaks out, people should listen. When yeah. he f- feels the need to be critical or speak out, listen, because there's a reason behind it. Yeah, I mean, if anybody found out, like, how Dan knows, they're gonna, they'd feel really fucking stupid. Yeah. But I'm not going to say a word, but they're, they're going to feel really stupid about calling him names and shit. But at the end of the day, he's not going to say anything, I'm not going to say anything, but at the end of the day, he, I, 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 I trust what he says, and... and, and um, you know, I stand with him, to be honest. I mean, the thing is, none Sam, of us want anything. Stand with Dan. No, yeah, no, at, at the end of the day, nobody wants bad things for this club. They're just pointing out what the fuck is going on, you know. And if things are changing, it's probably because people are fucking pointing out and they're reading. Have you, did you, when we were in the FA Cup this, this year, in 2023, did you notice Pep didn't do any interviews? They took him off. Klopp removed him. Why? Because people fucking started figuring it out. Yeah, people. Eve, he top saw the flack and said, "Right, I'm shielding you from this. Look, Get the, back the, behind the fucking curtain, mate." The thing you, is, you know, every every Liverpool fan wants the best for Liverpool. Of course, we do. <clears throat> most most people want the same thing. Some want other things, but everybody has their own view on what the best for Liverpool is, and everybody's entitled to share their own view. The thing is. That, that always gets me is just this this blind trust of oh it'll be fine we figured it out before this group haven't Mike Gordon's gone 
what's his name? The the CEO that was there, more, he's gone. Edwards is gone. Ian Graham is going. Like they're very Peter Moore. They're very important key pieces that were architects behind our success. And they're all gone now for one reason or another. So to say that this group will figure it out, like that's blind faith. You've got no evidence that they'll figure it out. We can hope that they'll figure it out. We can put faith in them to figure it out. But it is a bit blind faith-like. Saying Klopp will turn all this around and get us back to top, we all hope so. We all hope so. But nobody can say it for certain because nobody knows for certain. Because he hasn't done it before. Even he's, he doesn't know for certain. Yeah, he's the, like, I'll say it this way, he's 100% the right man in the right structure. Mm-hmm. As in, like, if the structure's right around him. He's 100% the right, yeah. the right man to take, get us out of this. Like, just get the structure right around him and you'll fly. Yeah. You know? He he knows what he wants. So all he needs to do is tell the team, like the people that he works with, I need a this type of winger. I need this type of thingy. I need that type of player. You and you know, let the guys do it. Yeah, let, let them, them go, go and do it. their jobs. Let them but do their it. jobs, and then you only have to do your job and not their job as well. Quite simple. It's very it. simple. Do you wrote just everybody stay in the lane that they're supposed to be in, and like you know, I just would hate for this to be the next Brendan thing where Brendan got too much power and then it went to shit. I would hate for that to happen to one of the best managers in our history, you know, Mm -hmm. and someone who took us out of a fucking complete shithole. And we'll always be fucking thankful for that man. Always to him for doing that. And that's what I mean. Just, I hope common sense prevails and everybody goes back to doing what they were doing before. And then that we get sold to someone with a bit of money that we all like and that we can all live with <laughs> and that we can all, you know, just really revamp this club and this, and the playing staff and, and stop. And, and his biggest, his biggest issue, we keep saying it every pod, you know, his biggest strength is his biggest weakness, loyalty. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's what it is. He's, it's a strength of his, but it becomes something around his neck, you know? And like that that's the problem. He needs to try and find how he how, find out how he can be better. Like you mentioned earlier in the pod, you know, everything's too late. Everything's mm. way too late. So and well, you, you know, when you when you're assistant manager when your assistant manager is lauding Milner and Hendo in, in a book, you know, before the, the start of the season as well, and just really picking them out. Great, you know, that they're doing they're great cheerleaders, amazing. But it doesn't take a, a smart person to to figure out that on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the case, dude. And I can it's see some thing. players getting pissed off with that, you know? They were here. Henderson was here when we were shit. If he was the fucking be-all and end-all, we would never have been shit. So if I'm Virgil or Mo or Ali or Fab or whoever, and I'm looking at those two who are clearly inferior players... And they're getting all the praise. But yet, when it comes time to hand out the blame, I get blamed and they get free passes all the time. I'm asking questions. Simple as that. If I'm Mo and I've been banging in 30 goals a season and two other lads, one of whom has been a squad player since I arrived, they're getting all the praise. 
And then when we don't go well, and I get the shit for it, I'm asking questions. I mean, I, I haven't read the book, so I'm not I'm not saying that he only praised just them. I know that he. I've read the ex- excerpts that come up on. on well, apparently, Twitter. we only beat Barcelona because of Henderson. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what he said. I'm just saying, if it does, if that book does come across that way to people that have read it, then you could see why that would happen. I haven't read it, so I wouldn't be able to say, and I wouldn't claim it. But what I'm saying is, if that is the case. And if that is what people have, you know, taken it as, then you could see why people would get absolutely miffed. Yeah. But again, I mean, I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. You know, it's easy for people to jump on Pep, and there's some really crazy people, right, jumping all. But there's an enabler of of it all. Someone enables it. You know, exactly. So like, so like, hold on. Like, yeah, exactly. Why are we? Why is everyone jumping on the? You know, that that guy. I mean, he's just doing what he's kind of been told to do. If you think about it, or allowed to do. The the bottom line is, assistant managers should be seen and not heard. Simple as that. 100%. Shut your mouth, go and do your work. Stop writing books. Stop giving interviews. If you need to do a press conference, fair enough. I don't mind him doing press conferences. But he, nobody needs to hear from him in an interview. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody needs to read a book that he he's written until he's retired. Then write but, a fucking book. But the crazy hate should stop, though, dude. Like... There's, I mean, there's someone on, on on Discord who's just going absolutely nuts on him, like completely, completely no, hatred. Like that's criticizing. That <laughs> no, 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 no. Dan doesn't. Dan doesn't display the hate. He just criticizes no, yeah. what he sees. It's like complete hatred. Like there's, that's no need for hate. There's no need. There's no need for hate against anyone at Liverpool. They're still part of a. They were all part of a successful thing. It's just what we. What you should point out is it's not it's just not being run very well. That's all. There's no need for like the hate. That's too, a step too far. No, I think it's even, like even criticizing is fine. You even know? the hate towards the owners is too much. Like just yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I settled down a little bit. The other thing. The other thing. Speaking of hate, uh, and this. This I think will wrap us up. Before we go, uh, I want to give a shout out to somebody called at Andy Cantwell on Twitter. You might have seen his work. He does the sketches where he kind of uh, mimes being Martin Tyler on Oh, comedy. he's brilliant. Absolutely he genius. Oh. Yeah, Andy Cantwell, so give him... You know how talented that guy is? He surprises so, uh, me every time when he's acting the voice. Do you know what's like, brilliant? I only found out he? today that he's Irish. 
Oh, I, my I had God. no idea. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, he, he's he's a genius. Give him a follow and, and check his work Very out. Very talented. On the yeah. topic of hate, now I have no time for large swaths of the Liverpool fan base for varying reasons, but one collective I don't really have much time for is the boys at Anfield agenda. And nothing against them. They make their own content and I'm sure a lot of people like it and congrats to them. I hope they're making a you know a decent bit of coin off it. But I've no real time for their antics or the you know the fake anger, the the tantrums, the the wannabe Goldbridge uh Goldbridge troops DT type of bullshit. It's just all very fake to me. But uh, I saw on Twitter today Paddy Murphy put up a tweet saying he was going to the game tomorrow night and it was his first game of the season. And that obviously riled a lot of people because, you know, how is your first game of the season, Real Madrid at home, biggest game of the season? And loads of lads that go week in, week out, can't get tickets. And then someone said to Mo, you probably overpaid and Paddy said I didn't pay anything for it because they got hospitality through some brand deal that they've that they've done. And this drew more hate and more anger. I I just need to say this. I, I, I don't know Paddy Murphy. I could walk by him in the street. I, I wouldn't know him. I, I don't like the content that I've seen from him, but I'm sure there's an audience for it. I'm sure he probably doesn't like the content I make. But however, the 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 vile abuse I saw hurled at him over a number of different things, like things like his appearance and stuff and his weight, um, is just is is just disgusting. What's even worse though is people threatening him or saying they hope he gets battered at the stadium. Now this is one thing that's just only happens on Twitter because there's a lot of and people this that is are only- Liverpool fans. Yeah, yeah, oh, Liverpool fans, yeah. There's a lot oh, of yeah. Liverpool fans that are only brave on Twitter, and instead of Everyone's filling someone in in, per- in person, they would fill their trousers and run away, crying for their mammies. And most of the lads replying to Paddy and quote-tweeting Paddy would, would shit themselves and run a mile at the first sign of a real scrap. So they just need to, you know, shut, shut their mouths and, and move on with the day. I can understand the anger at him getting a ticket to the game, but this is the thing. If he turned that ticket down, it's not going to John from hold round on, the hold corner. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. These are hospitality tickets, okay? Yes. So, so, so he's not sitting in in a in a ticket that a no, fan would have, okay? Someone else's so, ticket. Exactly, he's not. Those are corporate fan tickets. So, like, literally, the club have given these to corporates, and they're there to either be sold or to be given out to people for free that they work with. The fact that these guys have got free tickets through someone that they work with, fucking hell. Be made up for them? Yeah. Now, I can take... Paddy, I I tweeted about this. I said, look, I don't have much time for this, but what I'm seeing is disgusting, yada, yada. Paddy replied and said, look, thanks a million, whatever. And I just said, look, one bit of advice. Just don't tweet about it next time. Just don't say anything. Just go to game, enjoy the game, and don't tweet about it. Save yourself the hassle. Save yourself the abuse. The abuse is out of line. The the wishing of violence is out. Look, there's lads on Twitter I'd love to see get the living daylights bet out of them. But I'd ne- I, I wouldn't go on Twitter and say, I hope someone smacks the head of you. 
because no. I'm not 12. If I want to smack the head of somebody, I'll, I'll call to the house and do it myself. That's just how grown-ups should act. Grown-ups shouldn't smack the head of anybody, to be clear. But don't, don't put shit like that out there. If you want to have anger at somebody over the fact that, like, Mark from Bootle has been to 20 games this season and can't get a ticket for this, have anger at the club. The club are the one that decide the ticket policy. The club are the one that have given away these. Why haven't they signed up? Why haven't they signed up to the this is you know the, the, the auto cup scheme? Why I've been in the auto cup scheme for years. That's I always get all the cup games. You don't need a season ticket to be part of it. No, you just need to attend the fucking games. Just attend the games, sign up. You don't be a member. Do everything you can to gain as many points as you can. Just because. It's the season <clears throat> ticket's a Premier League season ticket. If you want to be angry, be angry at the club and be angry at touts because there's a tout at the moment selling tickets to this game tomorrow night for 450 quid a pop. And when he started selling tickets for this game, he had over 400 tickets to sell. So ask yourself, how did he get them tickets? He got them from people that sold them to him. Largely season ticket holders who don't go. There are thousands of season tickets owned by people who haven't attended a game in years or maybe go three or four times a season. And they sell their ticket the rest of the time, often above face value. Be angry with those people. Be angry with touts. Be angry with the club. Don't be angry with some fucking simpleton from Port Leash who's going to a game and just tweeted about it because he was excited. Don't be angry at him. It's not his fault. If he wasn't there, someone else in the same kind of sphere would be there. It wouldn't be going to your mate from down the road. It just wouldn't. Simple as that. So settle the fuck down and think about things a little bit deeper. You know? Anyway, rant over. Exactly. You know? I mean, I'm not... Actually, it might be for every game. I, I don't know why people have got been to 20 games, you know, wouldn't... Yeah. For all Premier League home fixtures. Right. Season ticket holders already have their seat reserved for Premier League. Yeah. So you need to sign up to the other ones as well. You know, if you want to go to the cup games and sign up for them, I, I don't get the problem. That's been the policy for years and years and years. Yeah. It's not something new. Why are you getting pissed Whoa. off? I mean, if you're not doing it, it's your own fault. And like, literally, the Champions League's where we're most likely to win. Why the fuck aren't you signed up? Or haven't you I'm been? Get in touch with that. We have, we have a supporters board now. Get in touch with them. Get in touch with Spirit of Shankly and ask them to speak to the club about reviewing the ticket process. If you feel that you're going game in and game out through whatever means, you're, you're buying a ticket off one mate, you're buying off somebody else, whatever, and if you feel that you're not getting the reward for your support, get in touch with one of these groups and have them go to battle. Don't start insulting people on Twitter. Because it's not their fucking fault. No, nobody I, I, on Twitter decided to take a policy at Liverpool. So no. what happens is I wasn't in it either. But when <clears throat> Brendan was in Euro- Europa League, loads of people didn't want to attend. Right. Yeah. So I I was lucky and I I applied and I got into the 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 Europa League. Um, you know the the what's it called? 
the, the, the auto cup scheme. So since then, I haven't given it up. No chance. So then, once you get into those games, you start attending all of those. Got to the final as well, Europa, got Europa League. So got, went to the final too, because I've been to all the games. And that was it. Once you've been to the Europa League final, you're going to get start getting Champions League games. Lucky for me, with Klopp, it just, it just kicked off. So you've been able to get to all of those home games. So it's all on my record. So did you get what I mean? Yeah. So it's a whole load of Champions League, that is. So yeah, yeah. You, can't say, you can't say to me I don't deserve to go. I fucking paid for them. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like you say, it's such a stupid... This is the problem. Like you said, people just want to shout and scream at you. And this is why I've had to step away from Twitter as well. Because it's like, you say one thing. You just said something that, you know, I, I, I put that stuff up about um, Bernardo Silva. Remember that crying thing yeah. when we beat them? Like somebody DM'd me saying, is that your wife in the picture? She's fucking ugly. <laughs> Like, I was like, I was like, wow, is that the best you can do, you bastard? Because one, she ain't ugly, and two, you're such a twat. Like, <laughs> you have to but go for my wife because this goes, this goes back a few years ago. I had a, I had an argument what? with somebody who, who uh, at one point did some podcasts on this platform, um, and I had an argument with them, and they started to insult my sister on Twitter to the point where she had to delete her Twitter account. All because they had an argument with me. And yet, when I offered to come and resolve said argument, they, they wanted no part of it. So, um, you know, people are big and brave on Twitter, but they're, they're ultimately idiots. And you're not giving a good impression of Liverpool club and city by saying, I hope you get shit kicked out of you at the game. Like that lad, that lad should be excited about going to the game. He's getting to go to the game as part of his work. Right, and whether you like the content or not, they've earned through their content. They've earned some sort of brand deal or whatever, and they're getting tickets to a game. He should be able to go and enjoy that. He should be excited about it. He shouldn't have to worry that some fucking lunatic might lamp him in the head because he got a ticket and someone else didn't. Like that's just fucking nonsense. No one's going to lamp him. Once no, they get no, no one will lamp them. But if you get a hundred people replying and quote tweeting you saying, I hope you get battered, like that is it's gonna yeah, be in the back of your mind, regardless yeah, of whether you think it's real or not. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I agree, it's just stupid. Really, really terrible. But um this is this is um modern day. Twitter and what I call for you is just better to be in Discord. And, you know, I know it can get negative and stuff at times, but you can calm people down and at least have a conversation. And people know each other a little bit better at least in, t- in terms of, they've, you know, we, we kind of go through, through things as a family in Discord and we, you know, we're, we're all a community. So we know each other kind of slowly. Well, I, I recognize people and I can, I can have a discussion with them, but maybe others don't do that. But it's it, I, I tw- on Twitter, it's just free for all. So, you know, I don't go there, don't share anything there, and, uh, well, just sometimes. But um, normally I used to tweet during the game all the time, Dave, remember? Like, literally. Yeah. I just don't do it because it's not worth it. It's just not worth the head fuck. I, I sleep so much easier without someone abusing me. You know what I mean? It just There's no need. It's not worth it. So, and I don't want to feel like that or, you know, I don't want someone to swear at my wife or whatever, like you said. 
There's no need for it. Like, I told one of my cousins, and he was like, give me the Twitter handle. I'm going to go fucking straight in it. Do you know what? There's no need for that, dude. It's fine. (laughs) There's no need for any of that shit. It's totally fine. But the point is, you know, like you said, you know when someone tries to insult your mother or something? Yeah. I just turned around to my goal, like, listen, Dad, I'm 40. I'm terrified of my mother. She would kick lumps out of you. She would batter you up and down the street. Like, my mother, when I was a young fella, I can't remember what I said, but I said something that annoyed my mum. I'd say I was about 14 or 15 at the time. And I thought, I'm just about out of range, so she can't actually catch me with a clip. So she grabbed the nearest thing to her, which happened to be a fucking parasol, and battered me with it. A fucking parasol. So, like, my mother's a psychopath. <laughs> she's the best in the world, but she's a lunatic. If she heard you were giving her shit, she'd come to your house and slap the head of you, because that's just who she is. So don't say shit about my mom, because I'll tell her, and she'll come looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell her. I will. <laughs> nah, the sun fell here. Mate, I ain't gonna touch her, but she, she's gonna destroy at, you. At Tom four seven nine three one is saying here, you're only an old bitch. Where does he live? I'm on the way. I'm in the car. <laughs> Mom's from round the way. Like she's not, she's not scared to go stand up for herself. She's coming out with a frying pan, mate. <laughs> oh, pan. Fuck that shovel. Shovel. Because <laughs> she's only short, you see. She oh needs the extra, needs the extra whip. This is hilarious. Mate. Tell you how much of my mother is, right? When I was about, I'd say I was, I think it was four or five, we were up in my grandparents' house and they used to have this big front lawn and there was like a rose, a, a row of rose bushes at the front of the front lawn. And uh, I don't know what, again, I, I can't remember what I said, but I said something that riled her and she took off running after me. So, as you do, you, I ran around the rose bushes. She hurdled the rose bushes. Now, they were about three foot tall, and she's about five foot two. So, you can imagine, she sails over this, she lands, she buckles her ankle, and through pure thickness and ignorance, continues to chase me, catches me, gives me a heighten. It turned out she tore like four oh, different ligaments and dislocated yeah. her ankle. And she still ran 50 feet to catch me. <laughs> Give me a fucking slap. I mean, the, the, the only thing that mom chased me with, me and my sister with, was rolling pins. Because we make, <laughs> we, make the, we make the chapatis. So she had a rolling pin in her hand. So we were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so every, every Irish lad go. my age and older grew up terrified of the wooden spoon. So oh. I used to hide the wooden spoon. If I knew I was going to get in trouble, I used to hide it. But she just grab anything else and just give you a clap that went in instead. It didn't, it didn't matter to her. Just, oh, mate. Like, this should be a TV show, The oh, Hendrix, she, man. That would be, man, that would be she hilarious. Was, oh, she's just so funny. Like She's met up quite a lot, obviously, but uh, just so funny. I remember one time my sister gave her cheek and uh, went to run out the back door and she swung a kick at her and caught her right with her toe up her arse. And like lifted her, lifted her about a foot and a half off the ground as she ran out through the patio door. Oh, just brilliant! <laughs> that's just how it was. Like that's just oh, what we were that now. Now, if a parent looks at their child in the wrong way, it's fucking the police is here. Police are there, and there's child services. Man, I, we need to go before I share yeah. too much. 
<laughs> Bet nobody thought this was the content they were getting when they started listening to us ranting Ray. Hey, we have gone way off here. But anyway, the last 45 have been completely different and not Liverpool. But yeah, mixed. R- related. Related in a way. Related, related. yeah. But you won't why I'm so angry because yeah. my Thank mom you. is angry. <laughs> Don't mess with Dave, his mum will kick your head. Yeah, literally. <laughs> right. That's the, that's, that's, um, yeah. Okay. Well, we will be back, I'm sure, soon. Um, I'll try and make some time because this was obviously, has really made me laugh loud at the end, and that's what you need. You need I'll some laughter in life. A good mum stories for when, uh, for the next time as well. Yeah, I think we need a segment. Me mum, me mum segment. I, I could do, uh, I could do some of the, because they're old now, like my folks are both well, like, in the late 60s now they're both retired mm. and they're getting batty and they're doing bizarre things um so <laughs> oh like the, the phone I'm laughing call. I'm laughing already mate the phone call <laughs> right, yeah, it's just ridiculous David the internet's oh. not working is it plugged in uh, oh no it's not plugged in oh no it's working mate <laughs> I get phone oh. calls from my mom's friends. David, your mother was saying you know how to fix the internet. No, I don't. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, mate, the same thing. Can you set this oh, up? You set it for us. Can you set it up for the neighbor? No, you're my mum and dad. Why would I set it up for someone else? I haven't got the time to do that. Like, right. I don't live in Navin. I live an hour away. I, if, you're, if you're down anytime soon, you wouldn't go out <laughs> I go down once a month to see my folks and the in-laws and literally it's we have it down to a fine art we do a loop of the town we don't go near the body of the town itself so you avoid all the traffic go to my folks loop round go to her folks loop back round and away out the the country roads uh, and and never even see a hint of the town just because it's not because somebody will spot you and then it's oh you wouldn't come out to the house and fix this no I won't. Too busy. Leave me alone on my one day in the town. Oh. Right, we leave right. with that. So <laughs> superb, superb, and uh, thank you so much, guys, for for listening and supporting AI. Uh, and yeah, let's hope tomorrow night is um, is a crazy one for us, and we can we can get a bit of a lead and and go over there and hold out. <laughs> let's see. I mean, it's asking for a lot to be honest this season, but you never know; anything can happen at Anfield. So um, yeah with that up the reds and speak to you guys very very soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.